So Anthony Rue, the general manager of Uber in Cape Town, standing by to talk to us this evening. I'm looking forward to learning more about Uber, how it works and why it's causing such waves around the world. Gabriella Alberoni on my Twitter account this evening tells me that she's used it a few times and it's absolutely awesome. Uh, 15 minutes ago, gave Aki Anastasio, my colleague, a call. He lives 10 minutes away. He's not here yet. We said to him, Aki, go onto your smartphone uh, and call an Uber cab. Aki, are you on your way? Well, no, I'm actually not, Bruce. I don't tell you what the problem is. I've already downloaded, I had previously downloaded the Uber app because I've got it on my smartphone and I put in my credit card details and all it means is I just have to summon the taxi. So what I did was I opened up the app and it gives me the opportunity to set up my pickup location. So it finds my pickup location where I am at the moment. And then I said, okay, come and pick me up. And then it says, okay, we will send you an SMS verification code which you need to enter in before the taxi comes to you, and that SMS should arrive in the next few seconds. That was 15 minutes ago. I've tried to resend that same SMS five times, and it still hasn't arrived. So I'm still at home, Bruce. Uh, that's concerning. I keep trying um, and have a listen uh, this evening to uh, the general manager of Uber Cape Town, Anthony LaRue. Anthony, we have no idea how this is going to work out this evening. Is Aki just being a twit and doing something wrong, or is there a real issue here? So that's a possibility. The other possibility is what, that... What, that he's a twit? Yes, we know <laughs> this. <laughs> um, I mean, the other possibility is that the SMS networks are just being slow in South Africa and that he's, uh, it's taking a while for that verification SMS to come through. Um, he shouldn't have to enter that verification SMS again, so I'm not sure whether he's logged on with a different account. But, uh, you know, the great thing about Uber is that as soon as you have an issue... You just reach out to the support uh, mail, and that would be support joburg at uber.com. And you've got typically got someone sort of within the hour maximum, uh, you know, fixing that problem and making sure that you can get on the road as quickly as possible. We've got 24 minutes left, Aki. Have you, oh, there you go, Aki. Did, did you get that, Aki? Have you been, do you understand what we, you need to do? I understand exactly what uh, you guys have been talking about, but um, I've even reset my phone. I've started it on. I've started it off again. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Is it possible? Um, I recently ported to Telcom Mobile. Are you registered with the Telcom Mobile SMS network? Are you able to send SMSs to Telcom Mobile subscribers? Could that be the problem? There should be no problem sending messages to Telcom Mobile well, subscribers. Well, I've received no SMS to verify. Okay. All right. I must say, the app is quite useful because I can see on the map it says it's 11 minutes before the, re- the, the, the nearest Uber taxi will if, if you can see, If you can see the car, then you don't have to register. Just request the vehicle. I've requested it, but it's asking me for an SMS. Okay, um, we gotta, we gotta wish you luck with that. Um, my guest this evening is Anthony Rue, general manager of Uber Cape Town. I did expect Aki Anastasio to be in this evening. He's our tech guru. Um, and we're gonna ask Anthony Rue this evening, what it is that if our tech guru is struggling, uh, why should the rest of us not struggle? And I'm sure lots of you have used Uber. I've had only good reports about it. One or two niggles, but we'll talk about that this evening as well. Aki Anastasio is as patiently as he can with one eye on the football, um, with the Netherlands leading the soccer Ruse 3-2 is going to order himself that cab. My shapeshifter is not a person. It is an application, a mobile application, which is taking the world by storm. Aki Anastasio is struggling with it this evening. So um, we're working on him and he's working on his application. <coughs> while we talk to Anthony LaRue, general manager of Uber in Cape Town. Um, how, how long have you been operating in South Africa, Anthony? Because one looks at the huge protests that have come in the last week or two in the UK and in the United States. And it feels like um, you, you certainly are... Uh, trying to change the shape of the taxi industry worldwide. That's 100%. We launched in Johannesburg in, 
in August last year and then shortly after in Cape Town in October last year and then in February this year we launched in Durban. I think one of the stats, you know, that's that gives you an idea of how quickly Uber is expanding this successful business model around the world is that we were the 41st city to launch in when we did last year in Cape Town. Uber is now in already over 130 cities around the world. It's extraordinary, and it's causing a, a fair degree of discomfort in the traditional taxi industry. Just explain to me the way it should work. We're not having great success with Aki this evening, but give me, give me a sense of how it should work. Okay, when everything is working 100%, basically you, you open your phone, um, you will see a number of drivers in your vicinity, and it'll show you an estimated time of arrival of the closest driver. Once you request that ride, if you're happy with that estimated time of arrival, you then see a picture of the driver as well as his number plate as well as that driver driving towards you with that estimated time of arrival obviously decreasing. This is critical, right, because you know exactly who's coming to pick you up in what car with what registration and you know exactly where they're coming to pick you up. Just before the driver arrives, he presses an arriving now, so you get an alert on your phone. So you know that uh, you know essentially the driver is where the pickup point is meant to be um, and so you don't find yourself waiting essentially on the outside of the road. You can stay um, in your house or in a restaurant and go outside exactly when, uh, when the driver is there. Uh, and, and that's very useful, especially in inclement weather or whatever the case might be. You also have the security of knowing that at least somebody has vetted the driver. How good is that process? So what we do is every single driver who operates in Cape Town on Uber has a professional driver's permit. That means that they've gone through a fairly recent police clearance uh, test. Um, But I think more importantly than that, you know, you've got every single driver coming to us for interview and training before we bring them onto the system. But once they operate on the system, every single ride that they take gets rated by a customer. So as soon as you've got a driver, you know, performing suboptimally, you pick that up immediately and you can rectify that situation. So that's, you know, really state-of-the-art, you know, safety monitoring technology that makes Uber the safest way to get around. I have a colleague who's used your service many times and has had one negative experience and reported it using the application to do so, got a refund and an apology as well. So although the experience at the time wasn't spectacular, um, she was very pleased with the way in which it was handled. So um, that feedback mechanism seems to work very nicely. Um, We've got a call from Inner London in the United Kingdom. PT, um, were you part of the protests, PT? Hi, good evening, Bruce. Yeah, I, I was actually in London and uh, I was bogged down in traffic for a good 30 minutes as all the other traffic drivers kind of stopped driving around in protest for Uber. So I, I guess I had two questions for Ant. One is, does he foresee potential protests like that in, in South Africa? And then the second one is just stepping back from South Africa. He must be pretty excited about the potential in the, in the Asian and Chinese markets. You've given not, the market been, you've not been set up, have you, PET? You, must, you sound like a public relations practitioner for Uber. Confess. <laughs> well, I mean, on the one hand, I'm nervous given the, the disruptions we saw in London. On the other hand, I think places like China and other emerging markets must be quite exciting for Anthony. Okay, there so, we go. And, and where does he see China in that spectrum? Okay, PT, thank you very much. Do you know PT by any chance, Anthony? Unfortunately not. Uh, there we go, because you should hire him as your public relations practitioner, <laughs> Ant. Um, so give me a sense, uh, Anthony, in terms of uh, the, the, the disruptive nature. We've seen cause I'm quite angry taxi drivers in the UK and the United States. So I think any 
time you have an industry that has been stagnant for decades and decades with no real evolution, when you bring a disruptive technology like Uber to that market, inevitably you're going to have existing structures that's necessary that uh, you know resist the change in the market. But uh, you know, inevitably the the new innovation will will trump, and we hope to see Uber in more markets around the world. Uh, and, and more markets around the world, Peter, you're talking about uh, the possibility of going to Asia, places like that, far more dense um, when, uh, so in terms of population, maybe some good opportunities there? Yeah, there's definitely a great opportunity in Asia. As far as I know, we are operating uh, in over five cities um, in, in India already, and we are operating in Shanghai and a number of other cities in, in China. Okay. But, yeah. uh, and is that being equally disruptive? Um, I mean, I can't comment necessarily on the, spe- on the specific disruptiveness in those markets, but inevitably in most markets where Uber does gain the traction and there are you know, very strong existing structures in place, you're likely to see that kind of uh, disru- uh, that, uh, resistance. Uh, John T. in Melville, your question? Hello, Bruce. I just have a question for your guest, if that's all right. Um, you mentioned the unrest uh, in the markets in the U.S., uh, in Paris, uh, in London, and I believe actually they've been uh, quite aggressive in a sense. And I was wondering what Uber's strategy was to bike back at this aggre- at our uh, even more aggressive local competitors okay. if they were to start, um, you know, campaigning against Uber. And then I was also wondering if there were any lessons to be learned from. I mean, seeing as we have such an unregulated taxi industry, is it there were lessons to be learned from unregulated taxi markets? in Asia, specifically. Uh, th- thanks, John. I mean, I'll give you one example, Anthony. I was chatting to the guys who ride the tuk-tuks from the Train station and saying, why did you guys wait outside the station? That way you might get some business. And they're scared of the local taxi drivers because they feel like they get, might get their noses broken, at, you know, at very least. Um, do you have that sort of threat coming through in South Africa? So I think the, the, the segment that you're talking about that competes with the tuk-tuk drivers are minibus taxis. Uber doesn't really compete in that segment of the market. Um, so, you know, we haven't had any issues from that, uh, that side. We have had, you know, to some extent, uh, you know, some of the metered taxi operators in Cape Town where you have a more developed metered taxi operating environment. But, uh, you know, all we're doing is we're bringing more choice um, to a market uh, that desperately needs this innovation, desperately needs this way, this safe, reliable and efficient way to get around. Okay, thanks very much, Jonty and Melville. Anthony Ruth, the General Manager of Uber Cape Town, he's with me in studio this evening, and we're still trying to find out whether or not Aki Anastasio will be here to share his experiences in person rather than ranting at the television and on his phone. Um, and we, when we look at the, the, the way in which this is disrupting, I, I know people in Cape Town who use the service. I've got a young relative who doesn't have a car who's making his way around Cape Town. Um, at a moment's notice, it's working very well for him, Anthony, but I think as Aki's experience is showing this evening it's not always seamless and foolproof aki are you going to make it to our studio on time you know you know bruce i'm not i'm not i did manage to get the attention of an uber driver and it said that it says here that they're 11 minutes away which is which means i'm not going to make it before the end of the show but here's the thing where i am and i look on the map because it's very very interactive it comes up with a map and you can see exactly where all the uber cars are I'm a little bit away from the Sandton CBD. If I was in the Sandton CBD, say at Prime Media Place, where you are at the moment, and I'd summoned an Uber taxi, it would be there in five minutes because I've used the service before. So I think that more cars are needed across the city 
But uh, in this instance, it, it hasn't really, really worked that well. But, uh, you know, I suppose it's also a peak hour and it's a bit congested as well. But I've had to cancel my Uber taxi to get to you, unfortunately. I'm so sorry I'm not going to see your pretty face this evening, Aki Anastasio. But thank you for being our guinea pig tonight. It's a bit disappointing, and you must be disappointed, Anthony, that our impromptu little experiment hasn't worked in your favour. Of course, we're disappointed uh, that it didn't work. But I think, you know, Aki had on a very good point is that as the business scales and as we get more and more vehicles around the cities in which we operate in South Africa, you know, it becomes significantly more efficient and significantly more reliable. We launched a new product, um, you know, in, in Cape Town last week, Uber X, which really is very, very similar to the Uber Black product, the high-end luxury product that you see around the other cities in South Africa, but comes at, at a much more affordable price point. So to give you an example You could take Uber Black from the CTICC to the airport. That'll cost you around 250 Rand, already a very, very competitive price. Sure. But if you were to take Uber X from that, you know, in that same distance, it'll cost you 140 Rand. Uh, Anthony, but, but, yeah, but here's the point, and Aki's point is, if you're outside of the main, uh, the sort of main traffic zones, if you're outside the CBDs of Santon or outside the CBD uh, of Cape Town, you are likely to have to plan a little bit more ahead um, than if you are in the central CBD. For now, definitely, you need to plan a little okay. bit more ahead. But, you know, Uber provides, um, you know, access for previously underserved markets in, in many of the cities that it operates in. And um, and as I say, as we scale, you'll see that uh, sort of estimated time of arrival in those faraway neighborhoods drop significantly. I would still like to see him get another transportation option in 11 minutes. Uh, no, absolutely right. But that was the point, though. You see, we want mm. to see just how good Uber really is. Anton von Metzinger has phoned us this evening. You are the managing director of something called Sna- uh, Snapcab, are you, Anton? Are you the, 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 a local Uber, I'm told? That's right, Bruce. Good evening, uh, and thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm the MD of Snapcab. And yeah, Snapcab is the, the South African equivalent. Um, it, tries, it does the same thing. It's a smartphone app that uh, aggregates metered cabs. And all the benefits that uh, Anthony described, Snapcap uh, provides to consumers. And look, our view is that this disruption, these these apps, uh, this is the way of the future. So we very much welcome uh, Uber's uh, you know presence in South Africa. And I'm sure many of the consumers who've, who've tried it would welcome that. So were you first? And, people, were you first, Anton, or did Anthony get you first with Uber? Uh, they, they launched a month or two ahead of us, please. Okay, but I mean, you got, this stuff doesn't get developed overnight. You were obviously no, no, watching Uber around the world and thought, there's a good idea, we'll do it here. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, our first instinct was that we were very unhappy that they arrived at the time that they did. But, you know, no market is without competition. They, they set a good standard, and we believe that our app is, is as good and will provide, you know, the same kind of service. We're in slightly different markets at the moment. You could argue that we're doing more the, the Uber X model in, in Johannesburg. We're not in Cape Town or Durban at the moment. Uh, whereas, you know, they've got the Uber Black model. Can, but, can you but, survive, Anton, against the global might of an app provider like Uber and the potential it's got to set up uh, maybe a more sophisticated network? Yeah, uh, you know, I think there are two comments there. I think, I think the first one is that you know, it's, it's, it's what the protests in, in, in Europe were about. I think it's about level, level playing fields. Um, you know, as long as, as we're all on the same playing field, and, and that means we're using... If we're using metered cabs and we're providing a metered cab service, but we're using vehicles with the correct permits um, and, and the correct uh, professional driver permits, you know, and, and therefore we equally regulated. And I, and I can't comment on, uh, on, on, on sure. all the countries overseas, but in South Africa, it would appear that Uber is doing that and, and they, they need to confirm that. But if effectively, we're working 
with the likes of, of Rainbow Cab, Zebra Cab, okay. SA Cab. Anton, I, need, I do need to let you go, but thank you for your call this evening. Anton von Metzinger, who's the MD of Snap Cab. Are you aware of them, Anthony? Are they big rivals of yours? They're not in Cape Town, but uh, they are in Joburg. You know, Uber is all for competition. Any, uh, the more competition there is in the market, it means that we all have to sharpen our pencils and provide the best service to customers. Does it become a pricing game eventually? You can all have an app. You can all show with the driver's face. You can all show the little dot on the screen. You can show the taxi arriving or whatever the case is. You can compete, I suppose, on speed, as Aki experienced this evening, and you can also compete on price eventually. I think you compete on efficiency, right? So yeah. we don't... And neither do they own any of the vehicles uh, that, that operate on the system. The vast majority of the fare of every trip goes to that driver. So if you're providing a service that is more efficient than any of your competitors, meaning that each driver, as soon as he drops someone off, picks up the next customer and has as little downtime as possible, you then have flexibility to maneuver on price. If you have that, effic- uh, that efficiency, you can maneuver and you can bring the price down and you can offer the best uh, you know, service for customers. Anthony Leroux, thank you for coming in this evening. General Manager of Uber Cape Town to Aki Anastasio, our guinea pig who's still sitting comfortably at home watching the football. And Anton van Metzinger, who's given us a call from Snapcab and for all your other calls and comments this evening on the Uber phenomenon that's changing the way in which taxis operate. Thank you.